Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, let's get into it. So I'm here at Dean Carr's house in the Hollywood Hills. Um, thank you so much. First of all, Dean, not just for inviting me around and coming on the show on this occasion, but uh, I want to thank you for inviting me to two of your, well, maybe not inviting, but guests of your party invited me. So I was kind of a stowaway yeah. to both. Yeah. But I was at the party in 2013 at that crazy kind of castle bar. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that was probably the last one I had. Or it was the 2015. After. Yeah, was maybe the last one, and that was the like cocktail bar on Vine Street. Yeah, that was a sassafras. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Was, there was like a band almost in the ceiling. There was, wasn't there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good times. Um, but good to see you. I've got some notes here, and Great. I, I'd like to just try and cover as much ground as physically possible in the time that we have. You were born in Seattle. I was. Is that right? Um, obviously, the Seattle 60s rock scene was, you know, Hendrix and kicking. Were you aware of music from a young age? Were your parents involved with or into music in any way? Parents not so much into music other than hating my music, but I was into it very young. And right. It was just a way to reach out and rebel against your parents and lock them out of your room with the mm-hmm. I had locks on the inside of my bedroom to keep them out and the music up but it was a lot of classic metal and stuff back then Savas and Priest made Maiden and Priest yeah, hell yeah yeah that was your musical awakening wasn't yeah. it so you've always been a metal dude yeah those guitars just 
or angels. <laughs> I saw you recently did the Rock in Rio with Maiden. Yeah, it was a while ago, but that was uh, 2001. Was oh, it one? Fucking yeah. that was that long ago. But that that, that uh, definitely lived on along, you know, a good do- dozen years is like kind of the the hottest uh, rock um, concert to outdo. That was an 18 camera shoot in. Uh, we we started filming it in Mexico City, then we went to uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina, and Santiago, Chile. And uh, I had them wear the same clothes every night, so we could cut cut for those other cities into the Rio one. The, the big one was Rio, and they played for two hundred fifty thousand people. Fucking hell! So That's uh, a big crowd, <laughs> and you had literally how much? How big was your crew? If you had eighteen cameras, eighteen cameras and producers and PAs, it's big. It's big. Was that the biggest live shoot you'd done at that point, and maybe still uh, at this point? <laughs> ever? Yeah. yeah ridiculous fucking hell was it something you'd revisit would you do anything like of that scale i'd love again to. i would love to yeah who would be the band that you'd like to do it with man there's a lot of talent out there i've never really gotten to work with that I'd, I'd love to work with neil young he still is so ferocious live like oh. the energy in him he's just a punk rock guy he, isn't he? is like, punk rock man yeah, he goes for hours so yeah. loud especially when he's playing with crazy horse like they're yeah. kind of an unstoppable live band that's my favorite stuff for sure yeah it'd be cool to work with him you know we've worked with willie and uh, some of those old, older guys but uh i yeah. guess kind of without being too morbid you sort of need to do it soon don't you Probably, I mean, right behind you is Willie Nelson's tombstone. And that's actually the real deal, That was from, uh, Willie had to dig his own grave and lay in a casket and kind of probably had a pretty close uh, heart-to-heart with himself when he was laying in that casket in my grave digger video, because it's pretty grim. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm claustrophobic anyway, so that would be my idea of hell, but it would probably be one of the worst ways to go, I think, getting buried alive, wouldn't Mm. it? So early life in Seattle, um, were you a, like a, an artistic kid from an early age? Were you yeah. involved in yeah, yeah, yeah. art? Cooking, uh, just a lot of music and early photography, sneaking cameras into the concerts. And I still have all, the, I have albums and albums of all those old right on the wall shots of Keiki Downing and Tony Iommi and Eddie Van Halen. Wow. As, we were little kids starting early, so the big kids let us come right up in front of them. We, if we weren't on the on the wood barricade, we didn't make it. Right, we didn't do our job. And what were you shooting with back then? Just like a super basic, shitty little one ten cameras, and it got better and better. My grandpa gave me a Canon eighty one that changed the the quality of uh, my memories of the concerts. The, the shots came out really cool, man. So. Uh, but it was bigger and bulkier, so we had to take the camera apart, and we'd hide it. We'd put the the body and the lens in sandwich bags and put them in our underwear, <clears throat> and run to the bathroom and get in two stalls and hand the part under. If my friend would hand me the lens under the the bathroom stall, I'd build it, and then I'd put it under my t-shirt with the strap on my neck, and then we'd just run as fast as we could to get out in the crowd. So. I love it. Yeah. So a lot of other people were probably sneaking into the toilets to do blow. You guys were going yeah. in there to get your camera set up ready. Yeah. That's, like a militant operation. That's all we were doing. I love it. Yeah. And so do you then after school, do you go and study art at college? 
I did. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. Seattle still. Yeah, six hours away. It's at Washington State University. It's a big, big, uh, it's a huge university. And what was the degree in? Was it in fine art or? Probably partying. <laughs> six hours away from your parents for the first time. And I mean, you learn a lot about life is what that is. And I basically learned I didn't learn shit about photography in six, not five years I was there. I had a great time. But uh, then I got accepted at the Art Center in Pasadena. It's one of the, definitely one of the five elite schools for photography and filmmaking is that because you were doing so much in your own time because it obviously wasn't on the strength of your academic achievements right um actually they didn't accept me twice okay and then i got accepted the third time with the half scholarship it didn't make any sense to me but uh, that's how it went down and i'm still one of their most successful alumni amazing but i had a knock on there i didn't know i didn't know squat lighting and stuff like that technically you had to blag it a bit, did you? You you live it for, you you, it snowballs and you, it gets away from you if you don't stay on top of it at that school. And what what that that uh, the uh, tuition is crazy. So what cost wise? Yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine what it is now, but it's it's a lot. So what year did you move out to Los Angeles? Eighty nine. I moved here in eighty nine, and I went. Straight to school. Uh, I only went halfway through the program. So I was working. I was skipping classes because I was working all the time. And Because you were getting gigs coming in? Yeah. For yeah. what? Like live photography? Rock and roll. And, yeah. Nice. Yeah, stuff like that. Some of that early stuff. And then like uh, NWA is really where I started. Is it really? Shooting NWA at Priority Records. Fucking hell. And then, uh, yeah. That must have been a pretty exciting time for you <laughs> as a young man. I mean, they were so gnarly mm. and aggressive and fresh, weren't they? Like, yeah. there was nothing that you'd ever seen quite like that before. They just seemed like cool cats to me because they were just always as nice, nice as could be. It was usually in the studio with them. I'd be in the studio with them. I did maybe three shoots with them. But that is definitely where, where I started. And then I was doing a lot of hip-hop before I was doing rock and then I did the tool thing and I did Pantera and Alice Cooper these are all the album covers album covers yeah. yeah and then somebody an artist from Canada named Sass Jordan said hey she was at one of my photography exhibitions and said man I'd, I'd, I'd love you to try to do my music video and I was like ooh I've never had a film class but uh, boy that'd be kind of neat to try to do it and I did it I didn't uh, immediately learn how to really move a camera for a few videos, but uh, it was really cool to see the moving picture instead of just a still photograph. And I loved uh, I loved the collaboration with all the departments on a film set versus uh, just m me and my assistant. Is I guess photography is a very kind of solitary experience, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I I do I just slag everything myself and. I don't even have an assistant. Maybe, maybe we have hair and makeup. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about those early record covers because, I mean, that tall one and especially that Pantera one with, like, the fucking drill going through uh -huh. the skull. How do you go about creating stuff like that? Is it model work? Is it kind of... Yeah, that was a 3D piece, that uh, Pantera piece. The first one was... Uh, 
the X-rated one. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. That Walmart wouldn't allow in the store, and they they decided, okay, if we got, I guess we have to change the album cover because we we need Walmart selling Pantera because those Walmarters they love their Pantera. So uh, <laughs> we took the one of the girl's ass with the screw in it, yeah, and rethought it. And uh, I had just done a session with a bald friend of mine, and I solarized the print and uh, physically drilled the big rusty drill into his forehead. It was the same as the reverse with the butt one too, but it was going, it was just going in there. And uh, I had it for a while. I had the sculpture somewhere for I don't know where it went. Was the tool one a sculpture as well? Was that one that you made? No, nah, Adam made that. Right. Yeah, that was a big project he built in my studio downtown. I had a huge place, and so we just uh, worked on making it and shooting everything down at the studio downtown and we were in no time rush and we spent two and a half months on that that artwork does it all kind of spiral do you get one gig and then you get a bit of a rep off the back of that and then the next one comes through and so on is that how it sort of happens yeah it's always been interesting to me to see how you go from being like a student of photography to then instantly in it and working with all these people yeah yeah when that stuff gets so much uh attention it's like the you know the phone doesn't stop ringing, but uh, it could ring a little more. <laughs> ring. Have you noticed the industry change? Because obviously, you know, records don't sell like they did. There's not the budgets that there were for the marketing of albums for the, obviously video shoots. Have you noticed a drastic change? Absolutely. Yeah. That changed like 15 years ago, I'd say. Yeah, it all started with the downloadable music and all that, yeah. that stuff and. And it affected it. It affected everybody having job protection at record labels, and everybody got fired. And had to move back home with mommy and daddy and figure out what the hell am I going to do? Yeah, I'm not a head of a publicity department anymore. So I think a lot of them got their real estate license. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot of comedians and musicians always seem to, when they're not on tour, be involved in some way in real estate, don't they? Yep. But nobody expected that. That's, no. that's called having the rug pulled out from under your feet. Is that what it felt like? Yeah. Like straight up, this came from out of nowhere and overnight seemingly changed everything. Was it a kind of overnight thing? Did it happen very quickly? Did you notice it was a today gone tomorrow? It probably went through like a six-year kind of thing where it's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's over. Because the, like the A-listers, we were still working, but... It, you know, you notice it's a little less work than it was a few months before, and then it's a little less work, and the budgets yeah. budgets fizzle down to, you know, we're usually working around one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand dollars on a video, and now, now the new norms. What be the new? It went 15, down to it went down to like fifty, sixty was like a generous budget, and I mean now it's five to twenty thousand dollars. I don't care, give a fuck what it looks like. Yeah. You know, and have you noticed? Do you feel like a lot of the artistry has gone out of it because of that? Because you don't really see as many iconic music videos these days. I don't think. Well, where do you see them? It's that, yeah. I mean, it takes money to make something cool, and it's like yeah. you know, my my art department, my glamour department, my stylist, uh, my camera department. All those people have a level of 
expertise and yep. respect that they deserve and they deserve to be paid that worth what they're yeah yeah so I had an interesting experiment um, last month in Portland uh, and I actually pulled a, off a pretty cool production for $5,600 I just wanted to, I really liked the song it was a friend of mine Joseph Arthur he's a singer songwriter in New York and uh, Peter Buck the guitarist from R.E.M. Of course, and it was. Uh, I had an hour to pull up to plan this thing. I landed. I was flying to Portland to do the the photo shoot for the album cover. Right. Okay. And uh, and they just said, "Hey, you want to do a video?" Well, we Joseph and I were back and forth. Just really wanted to make it happen because the song was so good, and and I had some some really cool locations sorted out, and uh, I hit the ground in Portland the photo film gear place was open for another hour I just went straight there I got the okay from the manager that it's thumbs up we, we can spend 5600 bucks and I went and I bought every slider and every piece of motion film thing that they had within the hour of them closing and we extended the date or the shoot to a two day shoot and I did it dude I produced it Art directed it, shot it. Uh, On the fly. Yeah. That's some punk rock I've never used my Nikon uh, D810 as a, as a movie camera. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Does a, it does a really nice job. It's wild, isn't it? Technology now is just so... I mean, even... Not that you'd ever want to shoot a music video on an iPhone, but you probably could now. Mm-hmm. Like, the quality is so high, isn't it? Yeah. Especially with the DV cameras, some of the video stuff on them. Like a lot of bands, I think, make tour videos shooting all of them, don't they? I'm sure. Yeah. Light and portable. What's your preferred sort of, um, you know, apparatus in the photography department? What would be your go-to cameras? Just for, for the for camera still, nerds out there for still, first yeah, of all, yeah. I'm a Nikon guy. Nikon. Yeah. And video-wise, do you like? Do you have preferences to digital no, or film, I, or does it all depend I, on? I work with two different DP cameramen, and I'm always fine giving them whatever they want. I let them pick that stuff out. If we're on a tight one, we have to scrap some stuff. I do go through their list and tell them, I won't be using that lens. I won't be using that lens. So can those five lenses and save 350 bucks. Yeah. Was the first big video, uh, Sweet Dreams, was that the first kind of like notorious? (laughs) I mean, I watched that earlier for the first time in a long time and it's still harrowing and powerful and disturbing and yeah yeah that was for sure the the over the moon one that that uh but it was the same month i did that and i did dave matthews crash into me the same month which was a equally huge video i know a lot of people overseas don't know who dave matthews is but it's i know the name you did quite he, a few with him right did you do like four or five four, four. yeah he's yeah massive artist maybe not as big as he used to be but uh we had a lot of fun doing cool shit but yeah within one one month i had made like my two sort of signature pieces where do you draw inspiration from with a video like that um the manson one because there's obviously there's the stilts going on there's that i mean that abandoned house is just the dream location there's a pig in several scenes (laughs) like are you do you collaborate with manson on that Somewhat, yeah. I I think the more successful ones are when the record label isn't 
breathing down my back and letting me sure. go to the flea market and I'm buying props. I ba- I create scenes based on like hand props or something or something that'll frame a, a face or building some kind of weird apparatus for him, you know, like stuff. But I, I get it involved down to the down to what they're wearing. I'm I'm out at the costume place myself with my with my uh, stylist and I love every part of it. How was it working with Manson back then when he was that great man over great. the top oh. last of the great rock stars. Yeah, yeah, we launched a few. But uh, he was always fun, always fun. And then we, the just after that, we went back to New Orleans to shoot the Antichrist Superstar artwork album cover. Yeah, yeah, and well, that was just awesome too. That came out so so damn cool. Does someone like that give themselves wholeheartedly to like modeling, if you want to call it that? That's like, great they, when they do. Man. Are they all in? But uh, uh, a lot of these people. The, wouldn't normally do half the stuff I ask them to do when they do it and surrender themselves. It's like the results are kick-ass. Were Deftones happy to stand on those little cages in the yeah we had the a middle blast of the ocean? That. Yeah, that was good. Where was that filmed? It looked like it was a pretty cold day. That's just the way I colored it. It was Is actually it, it like really? a. It was just outside of L.A. at oh, okay. Lake Piru, and we had the floating cages and we had prosthetic sharks cutting through the water we set it up so it would look as dangerous as it could when they go underwater and stuff but yeah, uh, yeah. then we went to Australia to go film white sharks and we didn't even see a freaking white shark we're on like a six day expedition on a 80 foot prawn troller and desperately on the hunt for one yeah we were with the right people we didn't see even see one so uh, I had to come back and license a bunch of shark footage oh okay so that wasn't actually captured by you the sharks no so and i waited my whole life to go do that and so i kind of came back with my tail between my legs you yeah know? but now i go to mexico and i swim with these beauties is that the spot is it that's where you get the... this is so clear I, just, I i was in the water plenty in australia and it's kind of murky um as i know it is in south africa but when, where i go in off of uh Ensenada, Mexico, it's 18 hours straight out to sea. So we live on a 120-foot boat for five days, and I take 20 friends. Nice. And we have, like, there'll be 9 to 11 white sharks in the water. The smallest one may be, like, 12 feet, but they're 12 to 18 feet. You were mentioning a minute ago about how you never trained the art of filmmaking. Is that right? Filmmaking, no. Photography, yes. So did you just kind of make it up as you went with the video side? And is that why do you think your videos look so unlike anything else? Is because you were approaching it from a very specific, raw point of view? I had a lot of film department friends that would help me and kind of gave me a like a <laughs> overnight crash course in, in stuff. The... Best thing to do is to learn how to move the camera. And it took me a while to learn how to move the camera. I mean, I have all these crazy things to do. Figure eights in space or, you know, go through a small hole or something. I didn't really uh, move the camera for a while. It was pretty static, static stuff. Like on corrosion of conformity. Yeah. 
but now we move the camera. I'd like to move the camera. Well, that Deftones <laughs> video is is pretty like you're right there in it, mm. and I think the motion and the kind of the the fluidity of the camera movement is that is pretty damn fucking like fine. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's a lot of action on that one. Were you in the water? No. Yourself? No. I had an image of you maybe with like a camera on your head swimming no. around because no, you're I, right there in the action, aren't you? I was no, I was watching monitor, so I had to make sure we got the shot right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send them back in to do it again. And those guys at that time, I mean, such an exciting time for for metal music, wasn't it? The mid nineties. Yeah, had, awesome album. The cream of the crop, Deftones, obviously Manson, who we've spoke about, and then Slipknot. You did the debut Slipknot album cover. Yeah. yeah. And it obviously had to feature them in their masks and boiler suits, didn't it? Because I think that was what was so iconic about that band and striking. I remember picking up Kerrang! as a kid at school and thinking, wow, like, yeah. who, who the hell are these guys? How did they come your way? Uh, well, Ross Robinson was producing the album and uh, I was spending a lot of time in the studio with him. Uh, that was out at Indigo Ranch. It's out in Malibu. I think it burnt down since uh, then, but... Uh, Ross did pretty much all his work out at Indigo. <clears throat> and we did almost all the covers for all of Ross's projects. So it was a, even Vanilla Ice, um, Deftones. And I don't think he did Deftones, did he? I think he did a couple of tracks. I think that yeah. sounds right. But um, definitely Slipknot. And what was your initial impression of those guys? Uh, great, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We got along famously. and. Uh, I think after we did the photo shoot, we ended up in Vegas together for a couple of times and it was just a lot of chaos. And yeah, fun. cutting loose. Yeah. And I mean, is it hard shepherding nine guys as a photographer? You know, I imagine having one subject is one uh, thing, but when you've got nine... No, it wasn't so so hard. No, they they just want to get the job done. and In and out. You know, we're having more problems with people, you know, uh, break, breaking our rhythm and mm -hmm. hey what, can I have your autograph and stuff like that no they're really cool professional and and they're on top of their game right now man they had to do some personnel changes and sadly we lost Paul on base but uh, all those live shows I've gone to and I've been shooting a lot of their live stuff and it's just it's like a photographer's dream I'll bet yeah. did you shoot much Alice Cooper live stuff I know you did a few covers for mm -hmm. him no just just a cover we shot at my loft because that's another live show that is just so full and rich of opportunity yeah. isn't it yes <laughs> no we just did his album cover what a cool dude he is as well considering what a huge gigantic star he is he's very humble and down to earth and cool yeah. isn't he absolutely What's your fascination with pigs, Dean? Because there's a pig in Sweet Dreams. There's a, there's even a pig in My Own Summer, isn't there? Floating around with the yeah. crown on its head. We, we, Was that your motif for a while there? We were convinced that the pig with the crown sewn to his head with a propeller coming out of his ass was the reason the sharks didn't come because they were laughing at us. <laughs> we were dragging that behind the boat in Australia and nothing came. And those big giant pictures of the band, those yeah. huge laminated uh, photos... And we put some weird green stuff in the water, and that we didn't see any sharks. Those Maybe it's our elements. own. It's our own fault. Yeah, they're like we ain't fucking with these guys. <laughs> and Maynard, how did you first kind of get introduced to to him, and obviously with Tool and a Perfect Circle? What was it like working with him on those really iconic Great, man. album uh, covers? I was happy Maynard asked me to come back to do the Perfect Circle one, and we did a hell of a job. And 
that came out great. There's a whole another personality of that girl in the artwork it featured as a brunette that really uh, almost I could have done a second release and released her as a brunette because I, I think it was to me the vampy brunette thing worked out better than the stringy long blonde wig that al- what was albino kind of look yeah she, yeah she was a cool looking girl I still keep in touch with her but yeah it's, it's always neat when they ask you to come back and with someone like him who's obviously so artistic on every level is it a collaborative process in that sense or does he sort of go you know what you're doing you oh, do no, what you no, do no. and crack on yeah no collaboration's the best man yeah it, it, it'll the the soup only gets better the more cooks you got and uh, with some uh, some special ingredient to bring to the table and that's why I believe that I enjoy working on the film projects more than the photo projects it's just it's uh it's a lot more involved and you know uh, amen let's talk about Casey's coming over in a bit oh boy he's not coming to my house <laughs> he's gonna he's be gonna, at my house he's got to wait down the street he ain't I'll coming in call me when you're outside how, how long do you two go back we go back man probably 26 years wow 26 is that through Ross as well was that another absolutely yeah yeah he came out here when he was super young, didn't he? He was a little. I didn't know him when he was so young, but uh, I know he was just a skateboarding rat kid that lived in Florida and, and came out here and uh, he did some pretty amazing stuff. And we did some pretty amazing stuff. Most definitely. I mean, well, that album cover is so iconic. And what was the sort of inspiration behind that with the kids in the mm. the church regalia with yeah, the axes yeah yeah <laughs> well we did two album covers and we did the video and the video is just fierce as it gets and he was he was on fire for those man and that little girl chelsea went on to do whatever some silly uh, game show host or she's a guest star on a game show right <clears throat> i was just reading online yesterday that that little girl Chelsea with the axe was confused back in the day as being a transgender but uh, we had like 20 of our rock and roll friends children like naked and crusted in clay uh, out in the desert it was like it was like a rock and roll daycare gone gone wrong or something (laughs) that was pretty pretty cool man but uh yeah, Case and I have known each other. We've been in a, a lot of trouble together, and uh, we've had a lot of fun together. He's he's a great guy, so you'll, you guys will have a lot of fun talking. How long's he been sort of on the straight and narrow, if you can call it that? Yeah, he's been a been a good boy. Yeah, not running into the neighborhood park cars. <laughs> not lately, anyways. <clears throat> he no, he's been good. He's he's great. He's. Working on a bunch of new projects, he'll tell you all about them, and uh, we just need to get them done and get that band out and kicking ass like they like to do. Yeah, it's been a bit of a while, hasn't it? And I know, I know, people back home are hungry for it. They the are hungry. Yeah. Does he play over here at all? Has he done any shows at nope. all in recent times? Very, We're talking a few years. Are we? Very quiet. How did you meet Ross? Uh, I don't know which came first, Ross or Casey. Probably Ross. I honestly don't know. I guess I was on a job, and it was one of the bands. Maybe it was Corn. It was Corn in 1994. I did a Corn shoot, 
and that was the the Ross Robinson album. And I think that's when I met Ross because, uh, man, I went through those photos just the other day, and it's just crazy how young we all, all of us, were like the same age. It was 1994, man. It was funky. Yeah, that was the year, really, wasn't it? There was Corn. There was obviously Deftones, Adrenaline. I guess just behind that curtain was the likes of System of a Down and Slipknot mm-hmm. and Cold Chamber and obviously Manson and yeah, it was a fun time, man. Good time to be in LA yes, as well. Sir. Was that was kind of did that feel like the hub of it all? Obviously, those mm-hmm. bands were from yeah. sort of around. We the were on the California pulse of what area. the hell was going on in this town. Yeah, yeah, the Rat Pack. <laughs> literally <laughs> was there moments when all of those bands sort of would go out and hang out together was there a lot of cross-pollination going yeah. on socially as well yeah certain houses certain bars uh, whiskey bar was always a big one and it'd be more like the smashing pumpkins and manson and nails guys yeah any good memories you can share good nights out wild nights uh. out Oh, man. There must have been some iconic ones that stand yeah. out in the history books. There, are, You can ask Casey about uh, Ross Robinson, Casey, and me getting arrested at Excalibur Casino and spending the night there. I think I have a photo of us in our, <laughs> our uh, mug shots somewhere. Amazing. And Manson, obviously, I mean, I guess even still now is pretty loose, isn't he? But back then, was he someone who enjoyed the uh, the fruits and the... Drinking from the cup. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We partook. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's still got it going on, man. Um, let's talk about Cypress Hill. Yep. Um, you did the, was it the Rap and the Rock you did? Rap and the Rock Superstar videos? Yeah. They look like pretty fucking crazy fun shoots. Nadia <clears throat> was telling me about, was she on both of them as well? On bass? She's definitely on the one. I think she was just on one. And then I had Christian from... Uh, Fear Factory come in with a hoodie kind of anonymously play, playing an upright cello I don't think they appeared in the same one so I think Nadia did rock and then did Christian rap. did rap but uh, man we've done we've done a lot for Cypress Hill man did those two videos did uh, uh, what's your name what's your number alright cool with, and you did the Cypress Hill 4 cover as well right and that yeah you know more than I do. A <laughs> little bit of research <laughs> going into it. I had Be Real on the show recently, and he's just one of those dudes who just seems so effortlessly cool. Yeah, greatest. And I cut half of me wanted to have a smoke with him, but because I don't smoke, I knew he'd just bury me. And yeah. I'd walk out of there in a, a haze of fog, not even knowing my own name. And it was my mum's birthday on the day no. we did the interview, so I was like, I'm going to leave this situation for another time. That band, I guess they were maybe even responsible in some ways for a lot of that new metal crossover weren't they absolutely preceded it and they loved they loved the metal man sendog is what he's a rocker man is he yeah yeah all the dudes are bobo and and mugs you know what the best one we ever did was the was that one for dj mugs at that uh the soul assassins holy crap that's a video man dre's in that isn't he dre's in that yeah the big the big ladies what's the tune Huh? Was it Puppet Master? Puppet, Puppet Master. Master. Damn. I went on tour with Cypress uh, with House of Pain <laughs> recently, and I was playing that every night. It's a fucking wicked track. Yeah. And Everlast, you did as well. You did that white trash, yeah. beautiful black and white video for That's him. That's a cool video. Yeah. With uh, Paul Aaron Paul, that actor took off. Is huge. he in that? Is he from Breaking Bad? Yeah. Fucking. When hell. you could get him to do a video like that, he was just about to pop, and he he popped. 
So that was just before, was it? Yeah. Any other moments like that? I noticed that there was... Um... With celebs, like actors? Yeah. Well, Tommy Flanagan came down. And he, just out of friendship, kind of was happy to do the corn video. Friendship with you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you known him a long time as well? Yeah, 20-something. Fuck. Yeah, I remember we were at Coachella together, and he, and that that douchebag singer from Oasis was like running for his life because Flanagan wanted to pound him so bad. Really, I'm sure it was over some chick, but uh, that guy was running for his life, and we were. <laughs> Tommy was always like two minutes behind it, but I we kept running, and this guy didn't know what to do. That's so good. Do you know the story about how he got the scar? Is yeah. that well known? Yeah, he was just a kid and he got bottled in, in an alley in Scotland when he was a kid. But Fucking hell. Pretty nasty. Was he going into acting before that happened, you know? Because I imagine it must have been pretty hard for a while to get work with something like that, but he's obviously now made it work in his favor, hasn't yeah. he? And he's kind of what, like almost like a Danny Trejo type character, like the scars make him what I don't think he was he acting that young. I don't think so. I think he was probably over there <laughs> into a bunch of mischief. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a great guy. What a character. I, I, I seem to remember um, Mark Boone Jr. was at one of your parties. The guys in Sons of Anarchy, the big dude mm. with the big curly hair. Mm. Do you know the guy I mean? I, I'm not sure, but I know a few of those guys. Not by first name, but uh, right, right. we hang out at this one house and it's all, there's always all those Sons of Anarchy guys over there. So they cut And they loose. all want to give me their script. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they cut loose together. Do they offset and fucking... Well, here we go. Here's your Airbnb. Hello. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Queen to the Stone Age, Dean. Oh, yeah. One of the last, I think, truly great larger-than-life music videos. Um, how did you achieve that look that's going on with the sort of smoky, colorful patterns behind the guys? Um, I think... Thought it was kind of a graphic novel-y, a yep. little, little comic book-y. Very much so. It was uh, almost around the same time as Sin City as well, wasn't it? When that it, aesthetic yep. was kind of on trend. Yeah. 
It was a fairly easy uh, gag. We shot them on green screen in England. In England? Yeah. Were they on tour or what's going on? It was somewhere right in London. They were on tour and Dave was drumming on tour. So I wanted to go and do like three countries with them. So after we we wrapped, I jumped on the bus. Nice. And uh, just so cool to see see uh dave drumming and lanigan was on the album as well right you better believe it i mean that was that band i think for me at the absolute peak of their powers and that album is just one of the great la rock and roll well california rock and roll albums isn't it and lanigan's just my cool bro from seattle so i I did some early screaming trees videos too i love that band man so that was almost like a full circle moment i guess so cool but uh, I was coming home from that first college I told you about, six hours from Seattle in the, yeah. in the winter, uh, driving home solo, hit a fucking deer in the snow, got out, pulled over. It was nighttime. There's blood everywhere. And I'm trying to follow the trail of blood to see if it's, you know, screwed or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, and I couldn't find the deer, but in my head, it was going to rise up and strike me for hurting it. Mm-hmm. Claim its revenge. So that whole story was based on driving home from uh, Washington State University. Right on. And, and I was in my 67 Mustang Fastback, wasted the car. <laughs> but, yeah. Oliveri as well. What a rock and roll yeah. animal he is. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's been on the show. I loved him. Yeah. Just a cool guy. He's cool doing energy. some really cool stuff with all his other blood clot and yeah. John Joseph. Back in the doors yeah. as well. And yeah. He's a real deal, man. Isn't he? Isn't and he do you just... talk to him about his police standoff? Yeah. Oh. And he's telling me all kinds of stuff. I mean, he's real like desert maniac. Yeah, he moved. His, he? his girl sold the house and he's living out in the desert now. Which means I won't get to see him as much. Uh-huh. So he's another LA figure from sort of years back, is he? He used to run around and get up to some mischief with him too. That mischief kind of came around the time that I did that, that video. We spent, uh, we had a lot of fun on the road together. We were pretty much the unruly ones of, of the whole collection of those guys was Nick and me. I imagine when you're walking through, did you go to festivals (laughs) with them or was it just club shows? When you were on the tour, both. both. Yeah. I imagine when you walk through a backstage area with those guys, it's almost like the fucking four horsemen of the apocalypse walking yeah. through, isn't it? Like Mark, Josh, Dave, Nick. That's a crew right there, isn't it? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and obviously Distillers as well, Drain the Blood, great video. Thank you. Did that come through just doing Queens and knowing Josh? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Almost instantaneously. I know she's... Uh, back doing some new stuff and the I, original lineup i believe as well yeah shoot, the, i'd love to work with them again it's like been 18 years or something at least 15 since the fucking four of them mm. last played together mm-hmm. i think they did a show just the other week right the first one i don't know anything i was just, just told that slayer's playing tonight. tonight i didn't know about that where are they playing tonight i don't know you don't know is that a kerry king guitar down there that is a kerry i was king trying guitar. to figure it out he gave me that after we did the still raining movie and how many, you've got about a dozen or so over there. Who else do we have guitars from over here, Dean? Uh, Dave Murray from Iron Maiden. Uh, Judas Priest, including K.K. Downing. Nice. Which is the only priest I listen to. Uh, a couple ministries. 
with the, the different lineups. A uh, couple corn guitars. Have you worked with Ministry? I presume you have. Yeah. What have you done with them? A lot of live stuff. Live stuff. Yeah. Al's a character, right? Yeah, love him. <laughs> is, he, is he LA as well? Is he based up up and around here? He's Burbank, but I believe he might have just moved out of town just a little bit. What's working with someone like that like? Because he's, for me, like almost from that psychedelic Timothy Leary, yeah. Hunter S. Thompson kind of era of, yeah. of Outlaws, sort of, uh, you know. They were really good friends. Last of a dying breed. Yeah. I am just, thank God every day that he's still with, with us, man. He's chilled his, his show down a bit, so uh, I think Al's not going anywhere anytime soon. We, we need him here. We do, right? Yes, sir. And they're touring the UK in a few months, actually. They're going all over the place. Um, X Japan. X Japan. So I had Yoshiki on this show, and yep. I recently watched the amazing documentary about them. Have you seen that? I haven't. Casey it's has it, but I haven't wild. borrowed it yet. But I hear it's great. What's? I mean, how do you even go about trying to capture the larger-than-life insanity of a band like that? <sighs> because, I mean, their story, I presume you know the sort of story of the band. Yeah. And yeah. I first did a music video for He Day um, for a band called Zilch. Right. And it was freaking wicked <laughs> it was right after manson and it, it was a just a twisted fucking video man he was a riot man he was a funny guy so then uh years later they brought me in to do this video for a song called jade and it was just this huge huge shoot it was like back to like the old budgets and i don't know what happened to it it's like we were cutting it and then it got like shelved and it was a very expensive looking video and I can't imagine them not releasing it but Yoshiki wanted to play a werewolf and a vampire and it's like it's like pick one or the other don't be a werewolf and a vampire and yeah it, that sounds like was, him though yeah wants to do it, and be everything it didn't translate too well so uh, I I would have just voted to nix anything to do with the werewolf or the vampire and just focus on rocking because the performance was so good. It was at this old Baroque theater downtown that they opened up for us, and it's just beautiful golden balconies. And I can show you some pictures later. I'd love to. And they just did Coachella, didn't they? They did. Which is nuts. And Manson sang with them. Yeah, I saw. Because <laughs> they go way back, I presume. They're sort of in that yep. same world of. Yeah, that was all like, yeah. So he and Manson, and we'd. we'd get kind of nutty together back in the day but uh, he was a f would you write a book Dean huh? would you write a book I would is it on the cards is it yeah it takes a lot motion? of uh, that takes a lot of uh, focusing I get so distracted brother <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to keep me focused no 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 I mean, I got the stories. It's all right there. And you remember yeah. all of them? Is it all sort of I don't firmly? remember them all, but I have the people that can come and remind me of them all. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's been a crazy ride, man. It's been a fucking crazy ride, man. What would you call it? Have you got a working title in mind? No. The man behind the lens? Just <laughs> strap, strap in and turn it up to 20, man. I like that. Do you find that rock and roll photography is kind of still an art form yeah yeah you feel I'm, like it's i'm able to satisfy the 
labels, although I like working with the littler labels these days, but uh, I now that everything's digital, my costs are down, I don't have filament processing. It used to be, that was a big line number. That was like almost like $1,800 just for filament processing. And uh, now that it's digital, I can really uh, help these cool bands and these cool, you know, you, there's a lot of super heavy badass uh, labels here. I'm trying to think of which ones I'd be trying to talk to you about. Do you feel like the danger and the the partying side and the insanity is still in the mix, though? Definitely not so much. Definitely not so much. So you got the tail end? Yeah. And the middle end. Yeah. <laughs> I, I rode the wave for a good... good good while there yeah so there you go and well finally Lisa Marie Presley and uh, Duran Duran and Stevie Nicks I'd like to sort of get the other side of that obviously those people are just pop culture icons Mm, absolutely Um, Duran Duran first of all that was the first of that list right out of my mind was the video yeah 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 we shot in those guys uh, just super oh what's that (laughs) that's my laundry my laundry's ready Boom. You have to fold it for me after this. <laughs> done. Done deal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we shot. A, I've been shooting a lot in Prague around those years. A lot of shoots were in Prague. But uh, we needed a real cool castle that we could access because that Prague castle, you can't really, it's so busy with tourists. But we went two hours out of the city to a little place called Chesky Krumlov. They shoot a lot of car commercials out there and it's fucking beautiful, man. But we, they had a castle there, and it had a moat and like live bears down in the in the thing. And we shot the coolest video for uh, Duran Duran in this uh, freezing cold. It, it was February. It was it was that worst month of the year. I've been there around the, that time of, of year. That, yeah. Oh man. Righteously cold. Yeah. Your bones are just shivering. So. Uh, yeah, we had full run of this place. They had like gold carriages in there. They had, I don't know if you've seen the video or not, but it's like yeah. really uh, lush, full of all kinds of stuff. And we had these great extras. And we, the great thing about Prague is they have all the wardrobe and stuff that's genuinely from like 500 years ago or whatever, man. So all our people look great. And, uh, Regal and decadent. And I dressed Simon up as the old man with the sticks on his back based on the Led Zeppelin Four album of, cover. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And were they cool guys? Fun to work with? Absolutely. I've done a, another one with them since in, in New York for a Trident gum commercial. We were selling gum this time. But uh, no, they were really cool. Nick's just a sweetheart and... Uh, it was good to see them years later in New York. I guess and, they were almost like the Beatles of the 80s, weren't they, those guys? They must have experienced decadence of the highest order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they can order it up however they want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Lisa Marie, how on earth does that come about? And how does that one happen? Well, I was uh, I was a fan. It's like I, she, she just has that beautiful look, and I mean, she has her dad's great looks and uh and the song was just twisted weird like smoky room uh uh southern kind of thing and uh it was a friend was managing her and we were asked 
it was kind of a special project we came in to do and uh, had a lot of cool meetings with her about storyline and wardrobe and burning this and throwing this away and what does it mean and uh, it was it was very cool. I don't know how many people saw that or if it was widely seen, but it was just a cool experience and she was an absolutely lovely lady. Is it fun for you as an artist? Because obviously I guess you're known for a certain aesthetic, which is the kind of Manson, Slipknot, like heavy, dark. Is it cool for you to then go and sort of step outside of that and work with people like Duran Duran and Lisa Marie Presley? And, and I welcome Stevie it Nicks and encourage and- it at all times yeah I like doing the beautiful stuff too you know yeah. well I think there's beauty even in stuff like that yeah. you know that picture behind us there is you know it's obviously pretty <laughs> disturbing but there's there's beauty there isn't there yeah and finally okay Stevie Nicks the legend the cocaine up the bum <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't any of that going down uh, on shoot then no I don't have any stories of that for you unfortunately <laughs> But uh, lovely as cool well. Cool person though, right? Um, uh, that was a two-day shoot. We were using some very slow equipment. Uh, it's called motion control, computer-operated thing, so the camera does the same exact move, so you can change things in the scene and things disappear, like ghosts and stuff. We used it on the Duran Duran one too. Some old cryptic machine we had to bring in from Munich. Munich. We, had, we had to fly to of Munich course, to go and look at it. And motion control sucks. You're sitting around all day. Slow, time-consuming, yeah. arduous. Don't do motion control. <laughs> so we had motion control on Stevie Nicks, so wasted a lot of time. Um, it came out great. Uh, I think she uh, shouldn't surround herself with so many like uh, morning women that are a lot of her friends are like that so that was seemed like kind of a pack of them all in when i'm getting makeup and stuff done going oh no no that doesn't look good it's like i don't need these ladies slowing you down in, in here when she and i'd build up a rapport all week i'd been working with her at her house every night almost you know doing wardrobe and stuff and then come shoot day there's like five women telling her what's best for her and it's like it slowed us down She's since apologized to me on, on public television with uh, interviews she did. So I, that was sweet. I'll take that apology. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Yeah. Um, is there anyone left who you mentioned earlier on Neil Young on the live element, talk, talking about from like a music video or album cover standpoint, is there any dream guests on your no, list? No, I'm done. You're done? I'm done. I could die tomorrow. Yeah? But I, don't I mean, it's quite, it's quite the, the legacy already, isn't it? <laughs> Well, if you the feel, show you must go on because uh, <laughs> this house ain't quite yet paid off, so I got to keep working. I don't know how people retire these days, dude. It's like you work till you die. Amen. But I love working. Yeah. Well, I guess when you do something like what you do, do you feel blessed? Do you feel lucky? Do you feel I a do. sense of pride in everything very, you've very, achieved very as well? Very, lucky, yeah. Thank you. And what's coming up next? I'm working with a, a very, very good guitarist. Uh, he did a lot of stuff with Lane Staley up in Seattle. He's a Seattle-based guy. He's coming in for a secret project thing uh, here next week. And after that, you go to my website, deancarkarr.com, and if uh, you got something out there that's cool and you need 
you need the special touch, you can get a hold of me on there. A bit of that fairy dust. Yep, I'll sprinkle it. <laughs> Dean, thank you for having me over. Thank you, buddy. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>